Welcome to another legal talk on uh, e-radio with myself, Jan, and also Hananon attorneys. And today we're joined by Janusz Luterik from Hananon to talk about the important decision regarding appointing a lawyer when you need one. Janusz, uh, welcome back to Legal Talk. Hope you're well. Yes, thank you very much. Good to be talking to you again. Yes, absolutely. So, Yanush, we know there are specialists in medicine. You go to an orthopedic surgeon for uh, broken limbs and a cardiologist for your heart. Are there specialist lawyers too? Yes, and this is very important. You know, a lot of people just think, oh, I'll go to my attorney. But if you were ill and you had a heart problem, you wouldn't only go and expect your GP to treat you. In law, there are no specializations that you can register for. So you can't look up in a telephone book for a specialist as such. But certainly lawyers specialize in their day-to-day practices in certain things. You'll get medical negligence lawyers, what they call personal injury lawyers. Those are the guys that help you when you've had a car accident. Contract lawyers, when you've got a contract problem. Uh, Construction lawyers, such as my colleague Yaku Haman, who deal with construction disputes and construction problems. Food lawyers, you know, lawyers that deal specifically with food law, highly specialized field of law. Patent attorneys who also need to have a science and an engineering background. And so you can see that a lawyer isn't a lawyer. Uh, There will be attorneys for different purposes, depending what your need is. Okay, and how would you decide which attorney to appoint for your important uh, matter? Yes, you know, I I, I thought about this, and it's quite important that the general public who don't understand necessarily how legal practice works, they just see a name on a door, they walk into an office, a man has certificates on the wall behind him, he's wearing a suit. But what you need to do is you need to ask them, specific questions uh, that relate to your case. If it's a construction matter, you know, does he know what the strength of concrete means? Does he know what a beam is? If your lawyer doesn't understand the terminology that you're using, you're probably not at the right one for that case. Um, The other thing that you need to do is you need to ask them and be quite straightforward. Have you done cases like this before? Uh, can you give me any references of cases you've done before? You know, a lot of court cases get reported. If you win a case or if you lose a case, somebody, you can go online, you can download it, and you can see what was the outcome of the case. And then, very importantly, how much do they charge? What will the case cost relative to what it's worth? So if you've got a claim for 25,000 rand because the kitchen wasn't done properly, it's going to be a real disappointment if the lawyer wants to charge you 200,000 rand to take on the case. So that's also a very important consideration when choosing which lawyer, what seniority of lawyer you need for your specific case. But you knew, uh, surely all attorneys study for the same uh, degree and must have the same basic knowledge. So why not just appoint any attorney for my matter? Yeah, you know, I myself, and I've been practicing now for 27 years, if I have an issue which I don't deal with, I go and consult another attorney to assist me, one that specializes in those matters and has built up skill over time. Because at the end of the day, basic knowledge is one thing, 
but skill you build up through experience. And you really need an ethical attorney who will tell you what he doesn't know. I remember in my earlier days of law, a client came to see me and he asked me some questions and I said to him, look, I actually don't know the answer to this question. I would need to go research it. And the client said to me, well, then you're the attorney I want to work with because I've just come from another law firm where the attorney was saying, oh, yes, he knows all about this. And then when we started having a discussion, I realized he was clueless. So the basic knowledge as such is never enough. There needs to be these layers of knowledge that you build up over time. Yanuj, what is the role of an advocate? And why do I need an attorney and an advocate? Or do I? Yeah, so in the past, attorneys would deal with the, with the client and when there was litigation, they would refer it to an advocate and the advocate would go to court. A few years ago, our legal system changed. We now have legal practitioners, but yet we still have specialization. So advocates still exist and attorneys still exist. In general, an advocate doesn't deal with day-to-day reviewing of contracts, drafting anti-nuptial agreements, and so on. Advocates are specialists on litigation. They go to court every day. I'll say every day, but let's just say every day. And they know the rules of the court in and out. Now, when one litigates, litigation or going to court has two very distinct sides to it. You can lose a case because your lawyer or your attorney didn't understand the rules of the court. Or you can lose a case because you really didn't have a good case. The facts weren't in your favor. Advocates are experts in the rules of the court. They know every technicality, when, what has to be done. That's not to say that there aren't attorneys that are also good at doing that. But as the matter becomes more complicated, you often have to bring an advocate on board to assist with the litigation. Okay, and here's another very interesting question. If I win a case, will I get all my money that I paid my attorney back? The court ruled that the other side must pay my party and party costs. So how would that work? Yes, so clients often are under the incorrect impression. impression. Yeah. Yeah, that if they win the court case, they will get all their money back. And lawyers will tell clients things like, Oh, if you win your case, the court will award you costs. And that is true. But that scale, the courts have, let's call it a table of what they perceive to be the costs that should be charged. And when you win a case and you're awarded what's so-called party and party costs, it often excludes a lot of, a lot of the consultations, uh, a lot of work which is done beforehand. And although you win, you may only get 50% of your money back, which means you've won the case, but it still costs you 50% of what you actually paid your your attorney. On top of which, you first have to pay the attorney, and then there's a process which can take maybe a year before the other party gives you the money back, which the court ordered them to give you. That's very interesting. Uh, Rather than going to court, are there other alternatives my attorney should discuss with me? Yes. So this is really important. You know, a lot of attorneys think they're only successful if they win a case. Actually, I consider it far more successful if you never go to court. You know, I pride myself on the fact that I avoid going to court. 
You try negotiating matters to resolve them. Where possible, you can refer it to an ombud for resolution. An ombud is an impartial third party that will consider the facts of the case and then make a recommendation on it. Uh, maybe go to mediation, or often in construction cases, there's referral to arbitration. These are much quicker methods of resolving disputes and often much, much cheaper. And especially the first one, negotiating, can cost a fraction of what it will cost to go to court. And quite often, it only requires cool minds, cool heads to get around the table, diffuse the tension and resolve the issue. Okay, and should an attorney ever refuse to take on a client or a case? I've seen that before in, in TV shows. Yes, and this is important to understand, is that people think an attorney is a gun for hire, and if I want to annoy somebody or, or get up the, under their skin, I don't have a case at all. I will sue them, I will drag them through the courts, I will make them spend a lot of money, even though I know it's a completely hopeless case. Now, as an ethical attorney, there are certain times when you will tell a client, I'm sorry, I can't take on your case. The first one is the obvious one, conflict of interest. The other side is already your client. That seems obvious. Yeah. I've had cases where I've seen the same firm of attorneys representing both sides and the mind boggles. <laughs> but the hopeless case is the worst one because an attorney takes on a matter. First of all, he gives the client advice. He says to the client, You've got no chance of winning the case. Your facts aren't on your side, etc. But then they take the case on anyway and start billing the client. Now, very recently, there was a high court judgment which ruled that when an attorney takes on and runs a hopeless case like that, that attorney not only may not charge their client a fee, but must refund them any money that they actually charge their client. It's unethical to take on a case that you and yourself have told the client is hopeless, even if the client insists on it. And I have lost clients on that basis, and I've turned away clients on that basis. I've had a client say to me, I need to find another lawyer. You don't believe in my case. When What I've said to the client is, you don't have a case, which means it's not that I don't believe in your case. You don't have one. Yeah. And that's very important. A lawyer should, an attorney should always be ethical, not just be going after the money and should tell the client directly, you don't have a case. I'm sorry, I'm not going to take this on. And then the final one, and maybe there are some people out there who at this point will turn the radio off, the belligerent client. I've had clients who shout and say, but I want you to do this. I insist you do that. They watch TV, they see, little, they see court cases on TV, and they think this is how, how law works. Mm. And they are very bombastic and belligerent, and they try to force you to do things their way, not the right way. And that is the time when you need to stand up from the table, say, I'm sorry, you may please go to our accounts department and collect your deposit on the way out. Good luck and goodbye. And that's a very important lesson. And I think it's a sign of maturity of a lawyer when they're able to do that. Yeah, you're right. Well, thanks uh, for setting uh, the record straight. And uh, that was very, very insightful today. Janusz Luterich from uh, Han and Han Attorneys. As always, uh, thank you for uh, your time. It's a great pleasure.
Are you or your business in trouble and struggling to find a solution? Call Hahn and Hahn Attorneys as we assist clients in finding solutions. We specialize in consumer and food law, commercial and construction law, forensic investigations and administrative law. Visit hahnlaw.co.za. That's H-A-H-N. We assist clients nationwide. Hahn and Hahn Attorneys. Because we care. Don't miss Legal Talk with Hahn and Hahn Attorneys Wednesday mornings at 10 on E-Radio.